This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Kettering Health Network, JTM Food Group, Norcom, and by Document Destruction. The Hot Stove League is also brought to you by Cincinnati Bell, connecting what matters. Your tri-state Chevy dealer. Check out their award-winning lineup at your Chevy dealer now. Encore Technologies and Cisco. Salvage Store USA in Wilmington, Ohio. Selling unclaimed freight at huge savings. And by United Dairy Farmers, where Highlander Grog Coffee is back for a limited time. Fresher, better, UDF. The Reds are on the now, the Reds Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Hi again, everybody. We are back at Surprise Stadium where just a few moments ago, the Reds knocked off the Texas Rangers 6-1, to and they've won back-to-back ball games for the first time this spring. They'll be at home on a split squad day tomorrow against Kansas City and on the road against Seattle. Let's talk quickly before we go to our first break about the rotation, and you and I were talking about it off-air before we began our game broadcast today, and when they would need a fifth starter because that has been a to be announced. Uh, we know who the other four are. They would not need a fifth starter until the 7th of April, the final game of a weekend series in Pittsburgh, and as it so happens, the 10-day period that in which they cannot call up somebody pending or, unless it was an injury would be the day before. So that probably would be when they would need to add a fifth starter. And I think the, the guy that that concerns, number one, would be Tyler Malley. Yep. Uh, because he's been the guy that everyone has talked about, maybe taking the spot for Alex Wood until Alex is, is ready to go. But we know that, that Tyler could provide you some length out of the bullpen. Uh, it's not going to be a, any major change for him to be on a big league roster. I, I think for 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 the Reds, it really just depends on do they want Tyler to get another start, start at the minor league level or do they want to have him up here just in case they need some length those first five, first four starts. And that's always a consideration. It's a very, it very much is. And I think that's the reason that you take 13 pitchers out of spring training, even though I think that's overkill. But you've got to protect your starters early in the season. They're not ready to go seven and eight innings. They, if they make five, I think you're happy with it. That's an interesting situation. We'll see how it all plans out. Of course, we know who four of the five starters are. And the fifth starter, as Jeff mentioned, will be Alex Wood when his back is uh, to the point where he can go out and take a regular turn. When we come back, we're going to take a quick look at this roster and how we think it may work itself out when the season opens a week from tomorrow at home against Pittsburgh. We'll do that when the Hot Stove League continues from Arizona in just a moment. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. I'm Marty Brenneman. He's Jeff Brantley. And our mentor and spiritual leader sitting behind us is Dave Eddie Armbruster. We are uh, uh, wrapping things up from Surprise, Arizona, where the Reds just a short time ago beat the Texas Rangers today 6-1. to one. I talked about the roster uh, 
construction, I guess we should start with the pitching staff, and you and I were talking today. It, of course, is always a mystery, just like it is with the outfield, which we talk, we'll talk about later on to close out this program. But uh, Castillo, in no specific order, Di Sclafani, Zach Duke, Amir Garrett, Sonny Gray, David Hernandez, Jared Hughes, Rysel Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen, Tanner Roark. That's 11 pitchers. I did not mention Cody Reed. Uh, if they carry 13, now you can add two more to that. If they have an extra bench player, which would give them five, the pitching staff at season's beginning would end would uh, be at 12. Yeah, and you also didn't didn't have Tyler Malley in that group, correct? Or Matt Whistler, and and that's a guy that the Reds got last year from the Braves, and and Matt's had a pretty good spring, but he's also been in direct competition with a guy by the name of Anthony Bass. Yes. So, so you wonder, okay, which way do the Reds want to go there? Do they want to go with a guy that's had significant big league experience in Bass? Do they want to go with Whistler, uh, or do they want to go in a, in a different direction? I mean, that it's a good it's a good option to have. And would Cody Reed be a serious consideration because he's left-handed? I, I think in a, in a sense, yes. But I, I think that comes down to do they believe, the Reds believe, that Cody Reed is ready to make a change from what we've seen the last couple of years yep. out of that bullpen. I think that is the ultimate key. Well, the number of pitchers will determine how many they open the season with on the bench. We know, I think we know, that uh, Kirk Casale, Jose Iglesias, Derek Dietrich, and Matt Kemp. If Matt's not in the lineup, uh, if he is in the lineup, it could be Jesse Winker sitting on the bench come opening day. But we know for certain these people. Now, if they go additional player, then that really opens up a whole bunch of options. Then you you bring in the name of Kyle Farmer. You bring in the name of Philip Irvin. Both of those guys have had some really good numbers here in spring training. And, you know, Farmer probably – has a little bit of edge in that department because he can play all over the place. but And he can swing the bat. I mean, the, both of them have, have had a great spring swinging the bat. But I think for, for Philip Irvin, and we talked about it during the game, he's made so many adjustments in a positive direction. And he is one of these this club's first-round picks. That's so correct. That, that weighs. You, you want to make sure that you get your first-round picks to the big leagues. What has impressed both you and myself, I know, has been the play of Jose Iglesias. I think we assumed when they signed him that he'd be on this club because he provides a serious backup in the event, God forbid, that something should happen with Jose Peraza. But not only has he picked it like we knew he could, he's also swung the bat a little bit. He has. He he has handled the bat well. Uh, That's always been a a suspect for him. But where I'm I'm amazed, Marty, and I know he's a major league shortstop, and I know that the the voices say, well, this guy can pick it. But when you get to see it yeah. and some of the plays that he makes, uh, and, and Reds fans, think of this. Javier Baez and the way he flashes the glove, transfer that type of glove to one Jose Iglesias. That's a pretty good correlation. You folks are going to be thrilled when you see this kid play at shortstop because he has everything that makes up him one of the better shortstops in the game today. When we come back, uh, we're going to play an interview for you that Tommy Thrall sat down and did with Scott Shebler, who also has had a brilliant spring at the plate. He's played well enough in the field. Uh, he's had a very, very good month of March, and you'll hear from him when we return on the Hot Stove League in just a moment. 
Buy the Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto bobblehead. You can pick any six Reds games, including Fireworks Fridays and bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six free McDonald's extra value meal vouchers for tickets. Visit Reds.com slash 150. Earlier this week, Tommy Thrall had a chance to sit down and visit with Scott Shebler, a young man who has had an outstanding spring in this Reds camp. It's a rather in-depth piece. You'll get an insight into uh, what Scott feels about this ball club and his own personal play here in the desert. Here's Tommy Thrall with Scott Shebler. Joined now by Reds outfielder Scott Shebler. Scott, when you look back and assess spring training to this point, how do you feel things have gone? Uh, uh, pretty well. I mean, the team's uh, really coming along. We started making cuts, obviously, about a week ago, so now we know where the core group is. And, uh, you know, it gets a little easier as we get get rid of some guys and, and get a smaller camp. It's easier to kind of get that team camaraderie up. So uh, camp's going great. Um, I feel like I'm seeing the ball well, and uh, I'm getting the work in that I feel like I need. When the cuts start to come, do you feel like you're starting to really get into the thick of camp and start to kind of zero in towards the season a little bit too? Yeah, definitely. You kind of just uh, – it's kind of crazy. There's just – there's 65 people, I think, to start the camp, usually around that number. And – you know, they cut about, I don't know, 20-something after the first cut, and then you're like, okay, this is kind of where the core group comes, and uh, it's, just, it's just it's just less hectic. Um, there's more time to hang out in the clubhouse and kind of get to know the new guys. Obviously, we have a lot of new guys, so that that's helped out a lot, I think, in that aspect. What's that process been like for you, getting to know some of these new guys in camp? Yeah, so I play with uh, Puig in L.A., and I, I knew Kemp in L.A., so it was easy for me to um, talk to those guys. Obviously, Alex Wood I played with, so um, it hasn't been probably as hard for me just because I've known them in the past, but uh, um, it's just nice to have the energy. I mean, the energy that they bring and, and the experience, is just it's awesome to have around camp, and um, I feel like working with them and the coaching staff we're trying to figure out the best way to to keep everybody fresh going into the season it's no secret with those guys coming in it ramps up the competition of the outfield what's that been like with you and 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 really your position battle with Nixon Zelda spring yeah um competition I mean like I said it to a lot of people it just it, it gets the best out of people I truly believe that and uh I think you you should be competing with teammates like that's just part of the gig if you're if you're in the big leagues you want to be competing against the best you want the best guys to be there so uh competition is just part of it i mean it's just it's natural to have that um even even if it is your starting job you're still competing with the guys in the minor leagues like there's always competition going on so uh does it matter if it's right in your face necessarily i don't think so just because it's always there now that you're getting into the heat of spring training, we've got a week left. Are you starting to notice that pitchers are kind of approaching things differently when you're in the box? Yeah, I think they're they're starting to get away from working on certain stuff that they were working on early in camp. Uh, there's usually a lot of walks at the beginning of camp because certain pitchers are working on a certain pitch, so they're going to throw that you know 50% of the time if they're working on changeup. You're going to see a lot of changeups, even though that necessarily isn't their their even second or third best pitch. It might be their fourth best. You're just working on it, but as we uh, get closer to camp ending, they're they're kind of putting that in their back pocket kind of a deal and, and really working on what they're good at. So you're starting to see a different approach from them. What's the equivalent of that for a hitter? You know, maybe some guys need to work on hitting with two strikes or, or, or feeling comfortable in full count. So, you know, you might take a couple pitches. Uh, you watch Joey do it. He'll take a lot of pitches early in camp. Uh, I think he just wants to get comfortable with hitting with two strikes or, or having that approach. And there's just different, different times uh, – to have different approaches so I think that's the equivalent is you might see guys take pitches to get into certain counts where they want to work on stuff but it's hard because they're also working on stuff so they're not throwing exactly what they probably would be throwing in those counts so uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of a battle either way because we're working on stuff. The pitchers are working on stuff. But like I said, this last week of spring training usually is it's, it's usually about what you're going to get in the season. Is now when you're able to really kind of figure out what your approach is like at the plate? I, I guess maybe not what it's like, but now you can work on that approach a little more because pitchers have an approach. I think just the intensity because um, you're, not, you're not having a lot of guys that you don't even know pitching anymore. I mean, in early in camp, you're facing guys that you've never, never heard of or, or never seen before. So you're kind of feeling that out. But now you're getting to the point that you're like, okay, I'm going to be facing these guys in the regular season. Um, and it's a little bit of cat and mouse game because you don't want to show your cards and they don't want to show theirs. So um, uh, it can be uh, the adrenaline start is starting to pump, I think. I think that's the best way to say the end of camp is getting. Throughout the offseason now into spring training, what are some things you've wanted to work on personally to, to just continually improve your game? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing for me is uh, make sure I'm 100% healthy. Um, I feel the strongest I've ever felt coming into a camp physically, mentally. So... Um, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to work on a two strike approach. Uh, I feel like it's going well so far. Um, there's still obviously there's always room to tweak stuff, but you know, early in camp I took a lot of strikes right down the middle, fastballs that I probably won't do in the season. But uh, I wanted to get to those two strike counts and and see how I could battle or see if I could find an approach that would work um, just to put the ball in play. I mean, Joey says, Joey says it all the time. You know, walking back to the bench is uh, it's not helping the team at all. How do you work on a two-strike approach? What are the things you're trying to do with two strikes to make yourself a better two-strike hitter? Yeah, I think uh, you obviously have to get two-strike count. So that's, 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 a, that's a thing. Um, I think uh, a 3-2 count is a big thing that I've been working on because over the years um, I've found out it's not exactly a hitter's count. It's, it's turning into they throw whatever they want kind of count. So I've just been working on approaches, um, seeing if I want to you know, work on – on sitting outside outside pitches or uh, maybe a, a certain approach as far as like see it deep, try to hit it to third base. So just working out different approaches and, and, and seeing if it helps or if, if being aggressive, you know, with two strikes is best for me. I, I don't know. I just kind of tweak it and uh, see where I'm at. Scott, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Good luck. Absolutely. Thank you. Our thanks to Scott Shebler and Tommy Thrall for that piece. Uh, we'll continue with more of the Hot Stove League from beautiful Surprise, Arizona in just a moment. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. This reminder, registration is open for the official baseball and softball camps of the Reds presented by United Healthcare. Campers receive their own Reds uniform, instruction from a Reds coach, guest appearance by a current Reds player, free tickets, and more. Register now at reds.com camps. We're in Surprise, Arizona, this edition of the Reds Hot Stove League. Yesterday, we discussed, we meaning David Bell and myself on the radio, about the four-man outfield that the Reds have implemented from time to time during spring training. In case you've missed that, here's the way that conversation went. Let's now talk about the four-man outfield. You want to talk about what the philosophy and the thinking is behind that? Sure. You know, and it, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, it actually goes back to something I've always been taught since I was a kid. You play, play where you think the hitter is going to hit the ball. Sure. And there's information to back that, and, and, you know, we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't look at that information. But it truly goes back to, you know, we want to play where we believe and, and the information is telling us that, that they're going to hit the ball. So taking that into consideration, you look at some of these guys we've done that on. Um, for example, there's only one position that's open on the field, and it's usually third base. Right. So we have to make a decision. Are we going to play a – have a third baseman there just because we'll feel more comfortable doing that or it'll look better? Or do we not play a third baseman because they don't hit the, the ball there? You know, so 
very few ground balls are hit there. So that that's really the the basis of the, the decision. And you know, it's it makes me feel nervous when we, <laughs> I look out there and we have no third baseman and we have all these outfielders. But it's really based on the fact that those guys hit a ton of fly balls, right? And they don't hit ground balls to third base. Now, occasionally, it's going to happen, and we have sure. to be able to live with that. Comments by David Bell on the uh, four-man outfield. I'd be interested to know what your opinion is of that. Well, Marty, you know my opinion comes from the guy that's standing in the center of the field. And uh, I think for me, if, if I knew all of the information that we know now, and there's a lot of information, sure. obviously, and I knew that the guy never hit the ball to third base or if it was a, a one in 25 chance that he hit it to third, I would be fine with it. I think you have to have that communication. You have to figure out it in your own mind. Don't worry about third base. Just make your pitches. Just forget about right. that position. Because if you think about it too much, you're not going to execute your pitches on the mound to begin with. And then that's going to kill you. But David makes a point, and I don't disagree with that. If you're playing a shift, say a left-hand batter, and you're playing three on the right side or his pull side, you've only got one infielder on the left side anyway. That's, that's exactly right. And I think that, that goes into what we're seeing now. I think the biggest issue – for that guy that's on the mound is to convince himself, okay, this is where the guy's going to hit the ball no matter where I throw. And then you just relax and make your pitches. All right, that's a discussion about the four-man outfield. This morning, I queried David on the radio about what we saw in the ninth inning last night of the game over in Goodyear where uh, the top of the ninth, the runner was at second with nobody out, and the bottom of the ninth, the Reds had the same thing. And, of course, Cincinnati coming up with two runs in the bottom of the ninth. This could be something down the road that could be implemented in baseball. Here's David Bell's discussion about that. Threw me for a loop last night, man. In that ninth inning, I look up and see a guy at second base. I thought I'd passed out and <laughs> when they were batting in the top of the ninth. And then we figured it out. But uh, that took everybody, I think, completely by surprise. Even the runner that they sent out to second base, he thought they were joking with him, I think. He, he, he was looking around like, like they were playing a joke on him. But, yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't as big a surprise to me only because we had been given a heads up on it a few days ago. And I, I saw it all year in the minor leagues last year. And, um, you know, you get to the 10th inning in a tie and, and uh, you'd start the, the inning with a runner on second base. And I didn't see any games go over 11 innings all right. year. Right. And, you know, actually from a – player development standpoint creates some really good situations, some interesting strategical decisions. Sure. And I, th I think the fans found it, found it uh, to be fun to watch. All right, we talked about the four-man outfield. What we saw last night was rather interesting. In fact, as I said to David, I thought I'd blacked out in the top of the ninth <laughs> inning. And Tommy Thrall said, they got a runner at second base. And I'm thinking, I couldn't have missed that. But now we know what it was. And uh, interestingly enough, Jeff, that's the third time this past week that this that has been used by a spring training in, in a spring training game. It's something that could eventually down the road be implemented in Major League Baseball that would start in extra innings. What do you think? From a fan standpoint, because I was listening to you guys, it made me sit up and take notice. Oh, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I, I was number one. I was a little disoriented as you were, and I thought. Oh, okay, I like this, I like this. And I sat up in my seat, I'm thinking, all right, it runs course, game's over. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Sure. But it, it almost kicked in a bit of adrenaline that you would have in a save situation. And, and I think it's, it's appropriate for the pitcher to be prepared mentally for that situation. Because if you're prepared, you all of a sudden you elevate. It's not just go out there and get a couple of three outs. It's game time and game on. And, and I think that really makes people sit up and watch. And it should be noted 
and I found that's out today. If that runner at second base scores, that is an unearned run. It makes no difference how he scores. It's an unearned run. Now, if Jeff is at second and I'm at the plate and, and Yid is pitching and I hit a home run, that's an earned run. But that run that scores before the home run is an unearned run. That's about as fair as they can do it under the circumstances as far as the pitcher is concerned. Well, what we have seen, Marty, over the last uh, – and it's been a while. You get to the ninth inning and it's tied – because you're late. People start to leave the ballpark. That's correct. And that is the most important part of the game. It's yep. win or lose. It can't help but keep people in the ballpark and keep you attached to the game. I like it. We're going to be back to wrap up this edition of the Reds Hot Stove League. The next to last edition of this show, by the way, next Wednesday night will be emanating from the Holy Grail prior to the first game of the 2019 season. We'll be back with some final comments in just a moment. Don't miss Kids Opening Day, presented by Frisch's Big Boy, Saturday, March the 30th at Great American Ballpark. The party starts at 10 a.m. with a free block party featuring a Reds player parade at 11.30, games, music, over 30 mascots, and more. Plus, kids 14 and younger attending the game receive a Kids Opening Day cap. For tickets, visit Reds.com kids. By way of wrapping this thing up, uh, we'll talk briefly about the outfield situation and how you think this thing is ultimately going to play out when they get down to 25. Well, if I'm a if I'm a businessman, I send Nick Senzel to AAA. Yeah, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, from a player standpoint, I want Nick Senzel on my club. Uh, the kid can play. He deserves to be here. He's done everything they've asked him to do. He looks good in center field. He looks good with the bat. Not overmatched at all. Uh, he's a major league player. Yeah. But also, if if you're challenged with the job of the the business side of that, Dick Williams and Nick Crawl. You've got to think about something beyond April. That's just how you have to look at it. Well, if that's the case, I guess you talk about what happens if he's on the club, who's the odd man out, (laughs) and who's the odd man in if he's not on the club. Oh, wow. Well, Philip Irvin has had probably the best spring of of the outfielders, and I know Scott Schebler has too. Both of those guys have have hit the ball awfully well. I just don't know that, that Philip Urban is going to make this club. Yeah, he's a very long shot. And, he, and he's a long shot. And, and I can't I, – for the kid, you can't ask for somebody to do any better than what he's nope. done. Not only at the plate, but I was critical of, of his outfield play last year, and he's really made some great adjustments yep. here in spring training. You've got to give the kid credit. Now, does that mean that he's going to be in AAA all year long? I don't think so. I, I think if he continues on the path that he's at, continuing to improve, he's got a chance to help this club. What about Jesse Winker? <laughs> He's had a shoulder problem for a good part of the spring. He has not hit a lick to speak of. And now you've got Matt Kemp who can swing the bat. We've seen graphic evidence of that. And right now, that, that probably to me is the biggest decision that this club has to make. I think ultimately you, you have to make the decision based on do you think that Jesse is trying to do too much because of the shoulder surgery, trying to do too much at the plate. It doesn't look like that to me. It just looks like his timing's off a little bit. Maybe he's a little uncomfortable with the the pressure of trying to hit against a guy that's uh, a big-time contract and two new outfielders that that wore a Dodger uniform in the World Series. So, you know, a lot of things can play into that. But I believe, in my heart of hearts, Jesse Winker – can flat hit at the major league level. Yes. I don't have any doubt about that. Now, do you want to give him a little bit of opportunity to get some more at-bats? That's where the decision lies. Yeah, as I said, Matt Kemp is 
is a guy that the Reds have to make a determination on. Uh, I don't know that you benefit anything but having Matt Kemp on this club and not getting at-bats because of what he can add to the offense. Well, I, I think for if, it would be different if Matt Kemp had not had a very good spring. Correct. But he has done everything, not only at the plate, but in the outfield, that, that you could ask a, a veteran player to do. And he's hit the ball out of the ballpark. And, and we're talking about spring training for a veteran guy. That's now, right. When the bell rings, you got a, you got a different player there. And I think that's what you have to look at. Well, thank God we are not the ones that have to make that decision. That's why they pay Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and uh, David Bell and all the rest of the baseball people the big money to make those decisions prior to opening day uh, a week from tomorrow against the Pirates at uh, Great American Ballpark. Again, the reminder that next Wednesday night it'll be at the Holy Grail Banks uh, less than 24 hours before the Major League opener in our ballpark. Should be an exciting time. We will know by then what the 25-man roster is all about. And that obviously will be a discussion that will occupy a good part of the time. Until then, for Jeff Brantley, for our engineer producer, Dave Uniarm-Brewster, thanks for listening. And uh, look forward to talking to you again next Wednesday night from the Holy Grail Banks on the Hot Stove League.